Good evening, Erev Tov. Um, I want to start with a story, a Hasidic story about a person that came to um, came to a rabbi and asked him before, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, uh, Rabbi, how can I make a tshuva? So the rabbi uh, told him, uh, go and bring from your uh, home big pillow with feathers. Go to the wood open the pillow, you know, spread it all in the wood, and then uh, he came back to the rabbi and said, what is about tshuva, the pillow, what is it about tshuva, spreading all the feathers, and the rabbi told him, go back now, and put every feather in the wood back to the pillow. It's a kind of a story that basically we ask ourselves, is it possible to make a tshuva? Is it possible to make a tshuva? things that has been done, things that maybe ruin things in the world, things that maybe affect other people. Is it possible to make a tshuva? And the claim of tonight that it's not so possible, and this is difficult way of seeing tshuva is also was very, very clear in the Bible, in Chazal, and in other um, thinkers. And we go today through like overview from the Bible, Chazal, uh, Maimonides and Rav Kook to ask this question and to see how they get the, the concept of, of tshuva. I want to start, you have uh, your first uh, paper in front of you. Um, actually before this speaking, because you see the title is Chazal, I want to speak about tshuva in the Bible. Very, very surprisingly, I must say that a few years ago I was thinking about this concept that uh, I read and it bothers me that there's no really tshuva in the Tanakh. That the main concept of tshuva is basically not so clear in the Tanakh. Surprising. Tshuva seems such a fundamental issue in, in Jewish life. When we look at the Tanakh, it's not so clear. And when I say it's not so clear, everyone is thinking now about tshuva in the Tanakh. Of course there is tshuva in the Tanakh. I just want to take you through, okay? Adam Rishon, Cain, all the ancestors and mothers and fathers, Avot ve'imaot. There's no concept of tshuva, Migdal Bavel. There's no concept of tshuva. There is a sin, there is a punishment. As Dostoevsky said, Hachet ve'onsho. The Tanakh is a tough book. Sipurei Avot, Bereshit, there's no concept of tshuva. We go through Moshe establisher of the uh, Jewish nation, Jewish life. We don't see tshuva at Moshe. Not in Shemot and not in Sefer Dvarim. Tshuva is not there. Sefer Vayikra. When we read about Sefer Vayikra and the concept of Yom Kippur, we don't find the word tshuva. If you look at Vayikra, Vayikra Tetzayin, where is the tshuva, the, the paragraphs about tshuva, there's no tshuva. What do we have there? We have kapara. We have vidui. We have tahara. The concept of tshuva is not there. And I must tell you, it bothers me. How can it be? How can it be? We go to Nevim. You're going with me, right? Bereshit, Shmoli. Go to Nevi'im. Nevi'im, we have two accidents. Incidents. 
תשובה. One is David and Bathsheba, the other one is Achav. Think about all the bad things that Am Yisrael did all over these years. The concept of tshuva is not there. Absent. There's sin, there's punishment. Vayikra seir lazazel that we read in Yom Kippur is about tahara, is about kapara. A sin in Sefer Vayikra, that's the concept of korban, of sacrifice. I'm claiming, I just want to claim it again. It's not the concept of tshuva. Bringing a korban is a kapara, is tahara. Just look over the psukim. There's no time for us to do it, but there's no tshuva. None. And tshuva. Not in the beginning of the Torah. Not in Shmot and Dvarim where we want to see Moshe and Am Yisrael, Chet, all the way in the Chataim and Tlunot and complaints. No tshuva. There's sin, there's punishment, sometimes kapara, but no tshuva. Where is tshuva? We find the concept of tshuva in the Nebim. If you check the root, shuv, shin, vav, bet, in Hebrew, you'll find it the most at Yirmiyahu. The concept of tshuva is the Nebim Achronim. Yirmiyahu, Echezkel, Yonah. If you want, there's a lot, a big debate, what is Yonah is about. But tshuva, when we find tshuva, we find it nevi'im achronim. Interesting. Lo b'torah is the main thing, v'lo b'nevi'im rishonim. So many sins in the Torah. So many sins in the Bible. This is the book of sins. But it's a tough book. There's no tshuva. There's no mercy. You, you do a sin, God wants a punishment. So Moshe can cry, Moshe can beg. Salachti. The concept of tshuva, a human being doing a tshuva, not so developed in the Bible. And the word tshuva, we find the word tshuva in the Tanakh, it comes in a sense of answer from God, tshuva, ma'ane, or returning. The Shmuel, va'il tshuvat ha'shana, shav ha'bayta, kisham beito, it's returning and answering, but not as we define tshuva as a human being process. We are not called to make a tshuva in the Torah. Okay? This is like, surprisingly. Yeah. Thank you. Parashat Nitzavim and Parashat Vaitchanan. Okay? That's basically where we find the concept of tshuva and we quote from the tshuva. If you look at the tshuva there, very interestingly, it comes as a returning to God. Thank you for the question, because I just... Um, Hashem is doing the tshuva, or it's a kind of a coming together. Very, com coming very attached to the concept of geula. And what's the content of tshuva there? Coming back to Israel, having the king of David, living in peacefully... It's not the concept of a human being standing before God and making this process of tshuva. Usually in the Tanakh, and Parashat Mitzvim, Parashat Vaitchanach, it's the nation coming back to Hashem when there's like a, a mutual coming back, you know, turning the gap into a closer standing each, each, each other. But this is the concept of tshuva, not a human being studying and asking for tshuva. Isn't that surprising? Isn't that surprising? 
I don't know, for me, thinking about this, and uh, I think, I think I, come, I came to realize that the Tanakh is a tough book. It's a tough book, you know, it's, it's stories, hard stories, the sins, the punishment. The concept of tshuva is a completely different concept. I don't know who brought it, but it's, it's a pele, it's a miracle. And not that I'm saying it, many of the thinkers said that tshuva is a pele, is a chesed, is a rachamim. It's not something that we basically understand. You know, make a tshuva. You come to a judge, and he said, you know what, you can return the money, you can come to a compromise, or you can make a tshuva, go home. But this concept of tshuva completely contradicts the concept of chet and onesh and din. Somebody has done something, now there's a, there's a time for punishment. Tshuva is a completely different and not that just I'm saying so, I'd like to see with you together that basically also Chazal thought that in the Bible, Tshuva is not something simple, I would say. And I want to try and to, say, I want to start and to say that Urbach, the big scholar of Chazal of the sages' time, in his book Emunot Vadeot, that I know is translated into English as well, which is a great book, basically organized the topic in sages according to topics, because the Talmud is a whole mess, because they love so much to study, so they jump and jump from here to there. So Urbach organized the Talmud according to topics. And on topics of tshuva, he writes something very interesting. He writes, the concept of tshuva was developed by Chazal. Okay? Urbach said the concept of tshuva was developed by Chazal. Chazal starting to develop the concept of tshuva. What is tshuva? Who is making a tshuva? When do you make a tshuva? Is this to the last time, to the beginning? What's the relationship between tshuva and kapara and isurim? Okay, who is making a tshuva? All these questions are dealing, are, are dealt in Chazal thought. And I want to give you just a few shots for Chazal because it's a big, it's a big, big topic in Chazal. But let's take just a few shots to Chazal and remember what we said about the Bible, the Tanakh. So I want to take you to Talmud Bavli Masechet Giti, and you have it in English. I, I read it in Hebrew. Tanu Abanan Gazal Mereish Uvenaoba Bira. Somebody took a uh, how do you call it? Beam. Beam, and put it in in the palace. He, he stole. He destroyed the whole palace and he brings back this beam. Fair enough. Betilel coming with a different concept. Betilel Omrim, Enlo Ella Demei Meresh Bilvad. He estimates the price of this beam and he's getting it back to the owner. He's not obligated to ruin the whole palace in order to bring back what he stole. I'm thinking to myself, what's the difference between Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai? Think about a building, I won't say like a building in Manhattan, but a building in, in, ba in Babylon, Bebevel. I guess it was a small building, lots of beans, but not very big. Not sky scrapers, scrapers, okay? Okay. It's small. 
Betcha am I saying this object is not yours? Doesn't matter what you want to pay back. No, this object is not yours. There's a title stolen. You have to bring it back. I don't care about your palace. I don't care what you did with this. The thing has to be returned. This is Bet Shammai kind of thing. We know Bet Shammai, they're very strict. According to Bet Hillel, they're very strict. That's why Bet Hillel basically win the debate always between Bet Hillel and Bet Shammai. And Bet Hillel is saying, no, you know what? He built already, you know? He's having, a, he's having a house. You want him to destroy the entire house? Let him pay the amount of money that he owes to the owner. Okay, um, this, is, this is exactly what we are dealing with. So let's see it in, uh, in number two. Now we see something additional to Betirel and Benchamai. Not, not other than Rabbi Udanasi, I would say the owner of the Talmud, the editor of the Talmud. And he adds another thing. Not Bet Shammai, not Bet Hillel. He comes up with an amazing idea. Just amazing idea to think. And what does he say? Tanu Rabbanan, Gazlanin. Sorry, there's no in English, but I'll explain. Gazlanim, thieves, umalve beribit, shechziru. If a thief came back and wanted to get the thing that he en mekablin mehen there's a decision of the rabbis not to get the stolen object back not to accept it en mekablin mehen this person wanted to make a tshuva he wanted to bring back what he stole and the chachamim here deciding no, you know what we don't want to get to accept and why not? And they're bringing a tan the Tanya, they're bringing Brita. Very interesting story that I can basically film. The story is about Ma'asebe Adam. There's a story, you see, fourth line. Ma'asebe Adam. There's a story about a person. He wanted to make a tshuva. Amralo Ishto, his wife, told him. I guess it was, I know, 7 o'clock in the evening, he's sitting on his couch watching the TV, and now he, he's thinking, oh, you know what? Leibale, I want to make a tshuva. And she's, she's telling him, Reka, stupid, silly you, Reka, if you're making a tshuva, if you're doing a tshuva, such a great thief, he stole everything, even the belt. So, so she's telling him, if you're making a tshuva, you're so silly. Even the belt that you are wearing is not yours. I don't know, in Hebrew there's, there's expression, everything, everything that you have is, is gone if you're making a tshuva. Okay? This is a professional thief. Venimna, and he decided, let's listen to my wife. And he didn't do a tshuva just because of this. In this time, Amru, they decided, Hagazlanin the one who wants to return back the stolen thief, and Mekablim Mehem. You don't accept what you own. Mehem, the one who does take accept, and Ruach Menu. We don't like him. 
I can't say it's forbidden because it's his, but we don't like this habit that you accept something that was stolen from you. I'm thinking about this. I'm saying, what's going on? That somebody, that somebody took his pants and belt and everything. You're telling him, don't return, don't accept your things if somebody is knocking on your door and saying, okay, I'm sorry, it's Yom Kippur. I want to return your stuff. That's what they say. This is Takanat HaShavim. It's a whole debate in the Gemara and Rishonim and Achronim about this Takana. But the Takana is, as you see in the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. In the time of Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. So it's not somebody, you know, simple that decided about this Takana. This is Rabbi Yehuda Anasi decided about Takana. We call this Takana Takanat HaShavim. Takanat HaShavim. They're doing tshuva, don't accept the things. I'm just saying, this is nuts, okay? Who would think about such a thing? Not to accept things that belong to you, okay? So when I'm, th- I'm, th- I'm thinking about Chazal, Chazal are very interested in the moment of tshuva. They want to capture this moment of tshuva. You see this person was a... I guess 20 seconds between the time he said, oh, maybe I'll make a tshuva. And 20 seconds after that, I don't know how slowly his wife spoke to him. He said, no, forget it. Chazal doesn't want this to happen. Even though in the price, in the mechir that you pay, which is in the other side of the people that you stole. So they like, they love the tshuva so they muhanim, they are prepared, ready, agree to not to consider the pain of the people that stone because they want to capture the tshuva. Okay? Of course every decision has its own what do you say, merits, prices, okay? This is the price that Chazal wants to take. If you take if you give big price says you like something. That's what Chazal wants. The, the minute of this person that decides to make a tshuva. Don't go. Don't go. Okay, we won't take it back from you. Stay with your belt. Stay with everything. We won't take it back from you. This is a nuts kind of judgmental process to run society. Nevertheless, it is so important. I'm going, I'm going uh, now to number three. This is Rasha that you see in the Talmud Yerushalmi. On the Pasuk, Tov Yashar Hashem. So the Pasuk is saying he instructs sinners in the way. And now we ask, what way? Which way? Which way does God instruct sinners? Then we have a beautiful piece from Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi is saying as follows. Yerushalmi quotes the Tehilim. Ah, okay. Chazal now explains what was said in Tehilim. Which derech? can be many ways. The derech is a tshuva. Okay? So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a derech of tshuva. It wasn't in Tehilim. Yorech HaTaim derech. Chazal explained which derech, derech of tshuva. Shalu lechokhma, they asked the wisdom. Choteh maonsho, a sinner, what is his punishment? Amra lahem, the wisdom. Chataim tirdof ra'ah. The wisdom is like a, how do you say, personal, making a, something abstract like a persona. Personificatia. Personification is like an entity that you speak to. Okay, chokhmah. When you find it, it's Sefer Mishlei. Chokhmah is like an entity. 
usually a woman, a female entity, okay? Chochma, Chotema, is answer for this. Amra lahem, Chataim tirdof ra'a. Who makes sins, the ra'a will run after him. Bad things will happen to him. Shalul la nevua. They asked the prophecy, nevua. Chotema on show. Amra lahem, hanevua. Hanefesh achotet hitamut. Who make the sin will die in his sin. Shalul HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the third question that we ask, Chotem Ha'onsho, Amar Lahen, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ya'ase Tshuva Ve'itchaper Lo. So make a Tshuva, Ve'itchaper Lo. Hainu Dichtiv, Alken Yorech Chataim Baderech. Yorech Lechataim, Lachotim, Derech Lachot Tshuva. Here we have in one hand the Tshuva, the Chochma and the Nevoa, which basically present what? I would claim the Torah, the Bible. This is the concept of the Bible as we saw. Chochmah, Nevoah. This is entities from the Bible. Sefer Mishlei, Nevoah, Nevi'im. There is a procedure. You make a sin, you get a punishment. Very clear. Very fair. On the other hand, the Kadosh Baruch is coming with a different concept. Not Chataim Tirdof Ra'ah. Not Chotei Bechet Oyamut. But rather, this is a kind of reading, Chazal, reading the Bible, bringing Nevoah and Chochmah on one hand, and Chazal are very sensitive to the language of the Torah, to the language of the Chazal. The concept is Chet Ve'onesh in the Bible, more common. Kadosh Baruch Hu has a different, different, different concept. The concept is Shuvah. I want to go back, I want to go further with you, and we are jumping now from the sages to Maimonides. Maimonides, uh, I would say we're jumping like 800 years, and we're coming to a different stage, different stage of mind. Here we find the tshuva is a After the Tanakh, we found kapara, tahara, vidui. The sages we found the emerge of the concept of tshuva. Maimonides takes the concept of Chazal and makes it like a big story of life. This is a task for life. Rambam locates this, puts this Hilchot Tshuva at the end of the most important book of the Mishneh Torah. It contains 14 books. And the, the main book, the first book is Sefer Hamada, which starts with Hilchot Yisodei Torah and ends with Hilchot Tshuva. Meaning the Rambam, just talking now about the location without going to the content in a minute, but just the location gives us the view of what the Rambam thought about Tshuva, what Maimonides thought about Tshuva. He thought this is a fundamental thing in Jewish life, in Judaism, locating it in the beginning of Ilchot Yisodei Torah. In Morena Vuchim, Guide for the Perplexed, Rambam defines Tshuva as a mitzvah that has to do with the right beliefs. Like Shabbat, for example. Rambam divides the mitzvot into categories. Shabbat and Shuva are fundamental for the beliefs. There's something fundamental in Jewish life to describe Shuva and to have the notion of Shabbat. God created the world and make the world new. And this is the beginning of the right concept, the right beliefs of human being. I'm saying the right concept because I'm talking about one of the main halachic books 
of the Jewish people. Mishneh Torah. That in the introduction to this, the Rambam is saying, I'm going to supplement the studying of the Talmud Bavli. Surprisingly enough, Rambam is coming with a big project. That's why he called his book Mishneh Torah, summarizing all the Talmud Bavli. And this halachic book, he puts the tshuva as a fundamental issue in Yadu. This is just an introduction where he locates, locates, yeah, put uh, the notion of tshuva. This is not something between Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. This is not, a, this is not something about, you know, you have a list of sins and you're coming doing it done. This is a program, program for life. A task for life. And I want to go bifnim inside and see how does the Rambam build the notion of tshuva as a task for life. As a task for life. So, um, I, I, I quoted here a few things. Let's go. Perek Shvi'i. Perek Shvi'i, I want to go with you. Uh, Gimel. One, two, three, four, five. Let's, let's start with Gimel. You see Gimel? Perek Shvi'i, Gimel. Okay. Be'al Tomar, don't say, She'en Shuvah. Listen to this. Don't say that tshuva is just about actions. Averot sheyesh bein maase. Kegon znut vegezel vegneva. This is not the only things, actions that we do that we need to make a tshuva on. Ella, keshem shetzarich adam lashuv me'elu. As one has to make a tshuva about znut, gezel and gneva, the same he needs to search his beliefs also characters of the personality let's see it now there's a list very interesting list from anger from hatred jealousy, envy Unseriousness. Umirdifata mamon, chasing after money. Somebody knows about Isur in the Torah, about chasing after money, about being angry, the lotichas kind of thing? No. Rambam thinks this is scenes. Scenes are characters, trunot, midot, of the human being, of the nefesh. And this is something we have to make a tshuva on. Redifat mamon, redifat kavod, chasing after respect and kavod, uh, yeah, honor. Meredifat ma'achalot v'chayotze bahen. Now comes a great sentence. Min hakol tzarich lachzor b'tshuva. From everything, one should make a tshuva. From everything? Everything? Isn't that said in the Torah what I should do and what should I not do? This is what I call in the Rambam spiritual radicalization. He takes the concept of tshuva, but he opens it and emphasizes it as a task for life. Min hakol tzarich lachzor b'tshuva. Min hakol. All your defect in your personality. This is requires a tshuva. It's not about eating kosher, not eating kosher, keeping Shabbat, not keep, it's not enough. Rambam makes it big. It's a big picture. Tshuva is about everything. 
task of life. Somebody has to write a note on his uh, office or room. Lasot shuva, hayom, tamid, minakol. This is the task of life. Meakol tzarich lachzor b'tshuva. Ve'elu avonot, and these things, meaning the characters, kashim meotan sheyesh b'ayim aseh. For the Rambam, they are more, more even difficult from the one who involves actions. Shebezman shadam nishka be'elu kasheu lifrosh mehem. If some, somebody immerses himself into this kind of getting habits to doing this, it's hard to extract himself from there. V'chein hu omer, ya'azov rasha v'gomer. Okay, this is Rambam, min hakol tzarich lasot b'tshuva. I'm going to vav, I'm going to vav, reading with you vav. Gdolat shuva, do you have vav? Okay, just another example of what I call spiritual radicalization. Shuva as a task of life, Maimonides. If somebody wants to be Karov Lashkina, this is, in some, some people, this is task for life. Being Karov Lashkina, Shuva. Gdolat Shuva Shemekarevet. את האדם לשכינה, שנאמר שוב הישראל עד השם אלוקיך. ונאמר ולא שבתם עדיין. Just keeping all the, all the פסוקים. אמש, you have the word אמש? אמש, it's a great description. אמש, a night before, היה זה שנוי לפני המקום, he was by השם, משוקץ ומרוחק. Very far away from Hashem. Vayom hu ahuv v'nechmad karov yadid. After making a tshuva, everything is done. He was very far away. He was hated by Hashem. Today he is. God loves him. Uchaviv v'nechmad. All the nice words that you want to say to your lover in Hebrew. Chaviv v'nechmad and everything uh, before Hashem. Okay. This is a kind of a task for life. You want to get close to Hashem. Tshuva for Rambam is not something specific. Um, I want to skip to Zayin, just the last line of Zayin. Again. Vehayom hu mudbak bashchina. Third word in the last line. Vehayom, meaning the yom that he made a tshuva, the day that he made a tshuva, hu mudbak bashchina. His adherence, his devoted, his cling to, his attached to. לשכינה שנאמר ואתם הדבקים בהשם אלוקיכם. אוקיי? of the end of Hilchot Shuvah. The end of Hilchot Shuvah, Rabbam is saying as follows. Let me just, we don't have time to read it, but let me, let me just summarize it for you. At the end of Hilchot Shuvah, Rabbam comes with a new concept that we have to ask ourselves, why is it, what does it have to do with the Shuvah? And the concept is about Olam Abba. The world to come. You know that the Rambam was ex- accused, accused by others that he didn't believe in Ulam Abba. And that's why he wrote, Igeret Chiyat Ametim. 
and the accusation are basically on this, on this place when Ramam describes Olam Haba as something that can be achieved here something from Olam Haba can be achieved here Olam Haba is not a different world in a different place in a different, I don't know, planet it can be here today, you and me and the concept of Olam Haba for the Rambam, you can see it also in Perek Zayn that you just turned is a life with a very intense religious um, way of life mitzvot, Talmud Torah and basically doing mitzvot not because of you wants to get a reward for this and the model for the Rambam is Avraham Avraham is a person that became a Jew, the first Jew because not because of reward from, is in um, Shikhnua from his um, understanding understanding what? conviction conviction of God is true so the model is Abraham the Raman basically in the 10th in the 10th chapter here describes the definition between tshuva me'ahava and tshuva me'ira ones who makes a tshuva from me'ira fearing from what he's going to get you know and somebody who makes a tshuva from ahava having the notion of God in front of him and having this as a, as a star for life going through this light God is here I'm serving God because this is the truth not because I'm going to get something not because Shabbat is a nice and relaxing day I'm doing it because I believe in God and this is what I do so Rambam describes the whole notion of Oved Me'ahava Mul Oved Me'ira and I want to ask you the question now speaking about Olam Abba, speaking about the ideal life of Oved Me'ahava what does it has to do with Hilchot Shuvah what's the what's the connection between Olam Abba, the ideal way and Shuva that we in our presumably narrow minded thinking about Shuva we don't see a connection the answer is that we are narrow minded about Shuva and the Ramban describes us a big task of life Shuva is a part of getting closer to Hashem Shuva is a task of dvekut. Shuva is a task for la'avod et Hashem bir'ah. As the Ramam says in his beautiful phrase, Oved oseh ha'emet mipnei shehu emet. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about nine in bet. Oseh ha'emet mipnei shehemet. Somebody who does the truth because it is a truth this is the concept of Harambam Nechot Shuvah Nechot Shuvah has to do with Olam Abba if you define Olam Abba as something that you can achieve and a task for life that you all the time putting yourself in, a, in a different challenges this is what Shuvah is about so Shuvah is about uh, a task for life and I want to go now further jumping now to the modern time Rav Kook Rav Avram Kook the first uh, chief rabbi of Israel coming up in a new book that he calls it Orot Tshuva. You know that uh, you know davening during Yom Kippur is a very uh, in Rosh Hashanah it's very long. 
people are taking something in their uh, talit to read, you know? Because davening is very long. So people take all kinds of things to read. Something that was very common to take in your talis, and still, in Israel, is Orot Tshuva of the Rav Kook. You know, it can be Sharei Tshuva of Yona Migerondi, it can be Ilchot Tshuva that we just dealt with Maimonides, it can be Alat Tshuva of Rabbi Soloveitchik. And Orot Tshuva is something very essential in every Rosh Hashanah experience, davening, learning, um, Yom Kippur, in, in Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah. Rav Kook writes uh, this small essay about Tshuva, and he is starting like this. We'll do it very fast because of the time. First he's conf- confessing, confessing, first he's confessing. Very, very common for modern thinker. Like if you know Rabbi Soloveitchik starts his Isha Emunah with confessing. And you say, Gufrishon, first person, I'm speaking to you. There's no Emunah in the Shemaim. There's no emunah somewhere. It's here. People are believing in God. People are worshipping God. This is a human being phenomena. Like love, like food, like art. And I'm interested in the human being doing it. There's no emunot in the ot, in like, you know, separate from life. There's human being believing, carrying this emunah. So first thing is confession. Rabbi Soloveitchik does it, and Rav Kuk. Remember myself in high school, sitting on the backyard of my high school reading um, Isha Emunah, The Lonely Man of Faith of Rabbi Soloveitchik. Like, it was like a gilui for me. A rabbi speaks like this. I feel lonely. God is... You know, all this kind of language is a, is a completely different language if you study Maimonides, Rav Se'adia Gaon in Middle Ages, or you study in modern time. People are talking. People open their mouth and speak about their religion. The same to Rav Kook. Rav Kook starts this book with a confession. The He has this, you have it in English, so I'll do it very fast. I want us to write about a tshuva. I feel that she captured the main thing in life and in Torah. And all the hopes of human being uh, embodied in tshuva and, and attached to the tshuva. And then Rav Kook is saying, on one hand, tshuva, it's the easiest mitzvah to do. Just thinking about tshuva is tshuva. I don't want to get into the halachic uh, implementations about this. Somebody is saying to a, to a, a woman, I'm, I'm making you a wife um, in order to me to become a tzaddik. Meaning he has this hirur tshuva. According to Chachamim, she's a mekudeshet. Why? As we said, Chazal wants this moment. He thought about Tshuva. Great, great, great. He thought about being a tzaddik. Let's take it. Let's take it seriously. Okay? He wrote Tshuva. I feel Tshuva it's easy. But now Rav Kook adds something that is not in the Chazal. On the one hand, she's very easy. On the other hand, she's most difficult of all. And she didn't went implement itself in life. He's thinking that basically this essay, this chibur, having, will give the picture about how to implement tshuva in all the realms of life. Literature is very critical here for Rav Kook. He thinks that literature can help in um, manifesting and making the tshuva a concept, a real concept. Think about literature, I don't know, Thomas Mann, Dostoevsky, Kafka. The concept of tshuva, of changing yourself, is very critical here. So basically, he summarizes and he says, I must write about tshuva. 
And then we go to the other um, page. And the page is speaking about the fellow. He starts, penitence was planned before the creation of the world. Tshuva kadma laulam. We see how Rav Kook takes this notion of tshuva as a critical and fundamental to the world. It's not just about what was created before. It's what is fundamental and more crucial for the world than the others. And basically he based himself on the psachim that you have the Gemara that says seven things were born before the world. We open Bereshit, we think this is the creation. No, 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 Chazat tell us. Something was, was created before. Seven things were created before. And the list is very interesting. Interesting Mashiach and Gan Eden and Genom and Hashem Shel Mashiach and Kiseh Kavod and also as well the Tshuva. What is this weird list? This is the fundamental thing of the world. Rav Kook believes that this is something that is inherent, built in the world, the concept of a progress. Uh, many people said that Rav Kook was very influenced by Hegel with the concept of the world is going into a pro- in, in a progress. People thought maybe the world is going back. People thought maybe the world is like a circle. This is what Kohelet, En Kol Chadash Tachat Hashemesh, also, the Greek thought this, but the progress, the thinking about the world as progress, is something that is going and getting better and better. This is a notion that Rafuk had very, very um, strong. It has to do with tshuva, understanding the world as something who is getting itself better and better. And we are the actress in the drama, in this theater kind of thing in the play to get the world to a better place but this is the inherent rule for the world and not just this Rambam, Rambam, I see Rav Kook adds to it penitence is always present in the heart the very time of sin penitence is hidden in the soul not, it's not just the structure of the world it's also the structure of human being you started to sin Together with it comes the tshuva. It's a kind of a concept that there's a sin, but there's a tshuva too. So basically, he implements the Hegel historical view about the world also as a human being kind of structure. We are built to tshuva. The tshuva is in the heart. When the sin comes, the tshuva comes with it. This is the concept of it's going to be better. Things are going to change. The world is going to a better place. The historical and the human being process. I don't know how much of you is dealing with educating and psychology. I think this is uh, at the ground of every psychologist and educator. Something can be achieved. You can get to a better place. If you don't believe in this, you can stay at home. Um, I want to go to the... um, Last thing of Rav Kook, and I think we'll finish with this. And this is a third, third idea of Rav Kook, concept of tshuva. We talked about tshuva kadmala olam. Tshuva is inherent to the world. We talked about, um, what was it? We talked about the introduction, and now we talked to a, a, another theme in Rav Kook's concept of tshuva. And this is the will, the ratzon. Rav Kook defines between two kinds of tshuva. 
There is a bad tshuva. I don't know if you heard about this. There is a bad tshuva. What is bad tshuva? Not that somebody is making a tshuva and it's not good. It's a kind of bad situation of tshuva. Meaning, person that is making a tshuva, but he can't uplift himself from this place. He's so full with sorrow, with guilt, with bad feelings about this, he can't uplift himself from this world. I think this is what Freud was afraid about sins and guilt the bad side of the guilt there's good side in the guilt pushing us to create and to improve but there's the bad side of guilt and sins depressing such a sorrow um, limits the self and Rav Kook is very sensitive to this kind of thing when I read for example Shariona Fabiona Migirondi when I my impression. How did I came to this place? I'm like an animal. If you read Sharet This kind of tshuva that comes from bad things. Something that is not coming up. Okay, so you have a bad feeling, something is you bad, so what's 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 Mahshav? What's now? And and Ravkuk is very, very um, concern with this tshuva. I don't know if you know, but Agnon has a special book, Yamim Noraim, and he described, he has a few stories, amazing stories about, about him, doesn't attach himself in Yom Kippur, and everyone is like preparing themselves and going to Kol Nidre and, and you know, fasting, but he, Agnon, doesn't find himself attached to what's going on. I guess it happened to you once that you went, you know, we are in a community religion, but sometimes you feel you're not, you're not, in, you're not in there. And, uh, and something that he describes is that somebody, something he feels very dark, very heavy. People are in a very heavy mood and they take it, take it so seriously. And there's no kind of little bit of uplift yourself, you know? Come up. So, Agnon described, I recommend you to read it, this feeling that he's not getting uh, this. This is what the Kabbalah uh, called Tshuva and Tshuva There's a concept of a low Tshuva and there's a concept of um, higher Tshuva. Thank you. Okay, so, our book is very concerned with this and he's saying as follows. There is a defect in the lower level of penitence in that it weakens a person's will and thereby damages his, personal, his personality. This defect is rectified, okay? rectified? rectified when the thought of penitence rises to maturity. Then it becomes part of the higher penitence whose aim is not to weaken the will or break the personal character of the individual, but to strengthen his will and to heighten his self-esteem. There be the willful sins are trans So this is a tshuva ila'ah that gives us strength, that strengthens the will. If you squeeze the will, if you damage the will, there's no tshuva. And then he's saying in chet, tshuva and basically you read it, that's the way it's denot na'asot le'eschuyot. This is a kind of a 
quoting from the Talmud, Afresh Lakish saying, Al-Shuvah, making the sin, erasing the sin, or making it a better place. Zuchuyot, merits. There is a possibility to taking the sins and, make, and making it to merits. Reish Lakish himself was a Chozer B'Tshuvah. He was a thief. We started with thief. He was a thief, Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish, the big Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan. And he's saying there is a Tshuvah that can take you higher. Not just to erase the sins, but give you merits. Zdonot, Nasot, Bezchuyot. Gives you merits. This is the kind of Tshuvah that Rav Kook embraced. A Tshuvah that strengthens the will. That brings you in a different in a different uh, place. Um, we won't read the uh, coming uh, page. I just wanted to uh, summarize and to see the overview that we did from Tanakh. Maimonides, Rav Kook, uh, about the picture of Tshuva getting its own branches and beauty um, throughout the ages. And I think that's why Describing tshuva as, uh, as um, insufficient with life, wanting to change a life, I think when I look at the Jewish people, I think it can explain a lot of things. I guess we are a group of people that are not content with the world, that want to change the world, to make a world a better place. And somebody said that many of the rebellions over history uh, was uh, involving... Jews. So I guess this is the concept of tshuva, getting the world in a, in a different place as a task for life and not just as a specific ritual uh, in Yom Kippur. So I hope in Yom Kippur we'll have this big picture about uh, incontent, insufficient picture about the world. Thank you. I would like to know if there's any questions. I think it's late, but if somebody has something to uh, to ask, to know how you really define the word. Uh, this was the lecture about mm-hmm. how do I define the word of tshuva. I think that was the lecture about. Yes. yes. Uh, I'm referring to Rambam, which correctly pointed out there is such a thing that today. Like yesterday, you wear Mishra cats, and today you are a whole yakit, and so on. And the Rambam says, don't think about mitzvahs hamasiot, think about what I call, and you probably all call it, midot. Midifat hakavot, midifat and so on. Now, how do you understand that in the case of this was Hamasiyot. You can make a change overnight from Amish to Ayon. Today you go to a Trefer restaurant, and tomorrow you go to a strictly Muslim restaurant. But how can you do and change Midot mm-hmm. from Amish to Ayon? It takes a whole life. Mm-hmm. According to a Bali Musa, one middle, life is not, is not long enough. Mm-hmm. How do you explain this? I explained it in two things. One, I think, I just explained it's a, it's a task for life. Pardon? It's a task for life. This yes. is Chaye Olam Abba in this life. Just, uh, this immediate 
So I, I, I recommend you to read chapter 5 that we, I didn't bring it today. It talks about the free will. I'm um, completely, in a very radical way, believes in completely free will. I think this is the, this is the uh, point. He believes in that. Yes. Yeah. Because this is like the typical sinners. And for me, it's interesting to see how halakha shapes your thinking about things. And tshuva is such a, it's such a power, powerful notion for Chazal. So they, went to, they want to install it inside, in, inside life, into life. And to install it into life, meaning that you have to make, you know, pr- you have to pay something. You have to build it into life. This is what's the big thing about uh, the, the Chachamim in the Talmud taking the big notion and implement it into life in every realm every realm of the Mishnah and the Gemara is basically this thing taking the big notion and define it in a very practical way in a, in a law kind of way this is a kind of an example how do you implement the idea that Shuva is so dear it's such a miracle that you want to obtain it you want to keep it so you okay so this one who is uh, paying now his mortgage for the um, things that uh, was stolen from him okay we identify with him, but we more identify with the one who made, who made the sin and wants now to make a tshuva. Yes, will be the last question. No, I don't want to revise. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, for me, Jewish, Jewish life, and I look through ideas, because this is my field, is fascinating. And I don't want to see everything is everything. I want to see the things, I want to see how does it, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like a life story, you know? We are not, as we were in seven years old, we are not as we are in 40s, in our 40s. So, so too, the Jewish machshava is having a lot of branches very very rich very nice I want to see every beauty in its take 